Welcome to the Fourth Watch Bible Study. Today we're talking about Christian manhood and we're talking about rebuking things directly. We're talking about John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And then the reality is people just aren't doing it. And we're, we're talking about the why and how to stay engaged. And so fatherlessness is it is basically deterring young people from doing it. What if that means that the fathers that are equipped and engaged and on their footing, what if that means that we're supposed to step in and stand in the gap and do it for them? It means that we have to expand our responsibility beyond our homes and our footprint into someone else's life. Absolutely. 100%. If there's a if there's a if there's a need, then then you can solve that need and you can be that source. You have to step up and do it, in, in all in all manners, right? Um, and I know we're limited on what we can do sometimes, but that's only our own perception, not what God, not what God says we can do, right? So yeah, like you know, if if there's someone in my neighborhood who who needs help or or whatever, and and there's that situation, I'm jumping in for sure. What if we maintained like an active posture about that every day? Like intercession includes more than just ourselves, our homes, our kids, our wives, our, our jobs. It includes the community. I think most of us in this group do that, wouldn't you say? I would think so. It depends. It depends on how late do you wake up? I'll put it this way. I think that we do. Well, then here's my question. Do we do it proactively early or is this something that we often are in a reactive state to? Personally, it's proactive. But I have a disciplined approach to doing this proactively. Like if I don't wake up each morning and include interceding for other people in my prayer, something's off. I don't feel right. But you have to be in tune with that that feeling, that spiritual energy. Because I think so many people have been numbed to they don't even they don't even have any sense of that. They walk to the grocery store and they, there's people that are hurting everywhere, right? And like, I, I don't know about you guys, but there's times where I'm walking out in public and I, whether it's the look on someone's face, the way that they respond to the cashier, like you can just feel the pain in that person's life. Totally. And I think most people have just numbed themselves so much to that, that they're not in tune with anything that's going on around them. They're not even in tune with going on inside themselves. You know, if we're waking up early in the morning, that's intentional and that's on the offensive, that's proactive. If we're going all throughout the day and we encounter that, that's in the moment and that's present. I think just the danger comes in being reactive to this after shit's already hit the fan, after the day is already like well on its way. And then you try and play catch up to these things. And oftentimes, like when you didn't put first the kingdom of God. Well, that's where the stress and anxiety comes from, isn't it? Like when you feel that sense of you, you should have done something, you need to do that, you need to put your time into that. But then you've committed to these other things over here. And now you're overwhelmed with it all. Yeah. That's how the enemy attacks you. When you're not prepared for it, when you haven't done the proactive work. That then proves the argument to rise early on the offensive. I think it also comes down to managing your, your life in, with a sense of margin, where you're not trying to do so much, where you give yourself the space and the time to do those things, to, to fill the important things rising early getting into the word you know getting into the prayer early but also giving yourself time for god to prevent opportunities present opportunities not prevent them throughout the day 
I mean, how many people run around and they have every minute of their day scheduled out? Pretty much. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. But, I mean, I'm telling you, dude, from the time I wake up, it is all day long. And 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 I and you're right. I need to make more time. And there is always more time I can squeeze. But, by golly, I tell you what, it's rough. I mean, it is. And I, I, I understand completely, like, how, how you get about that. I've, I've had times in my life where I've been exactly like that. And, and I'm not... I'm not saying that I don't do that. I do. But I think that what God wants for us is to have more margin in there. God wants us to be available in the moment. Yes. The, Holy, the Holy Spirit has to, like that's part of that relationship with God is that the Holy Spirit always has our availableness. And we're the ones that have to listen to the still small voice. It's exactly what we talked about last week, right? That still small voice. God sent an earthquake, wasn't in the earthquake. Sent a storm, wasn't in the storm. That sensitivity is not something that happens on accident. I think with society going the way that it is, looking at all these things like, oh, look, look at all these big, obvious distractions, obvious things that are happening. Okay, so what's the still small voice saying to you? I don't know if a lot of people like foster that. And the less time that you spend with God, the less you have that ability of doing that. So I don't know. I've, I've got my thoughts, but it ultimately comes down to if we know that God is telling us this is on the table, and we don't engage rebuking and casting down and casting out devils, we have the opportunity to try, at least pressing in that way. And then we have the opportunity of, if we've tried it before, let's look to see and ask God, God, is this a new season? Are you doing something new? Has the climate changed? And personally, the climate's absolutely changed. I think from now going until the end, the climate is absolutely going to change and get darker and darker and darker. And God's people are going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. But that doesn't happen on accident. That only happens in relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I guess this isn't something I had baked in, but it's like the only thing that makes sense is rising early on the offensive. If God's further going to allow compression to happen and put our backs against the wall, what other, what other option is there? And it's not to say that everyone's going to do it right now. I wish to God that were the case. But I think especially as things get harder and harder and worse and worse, as long as people know that that's an option, that's something that we're supposed to do, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Like if they know, like, okay, so we know that at some point when things get really dire, we should be doing this. And then it's up to the Holy Spirit to tell them, like, actually, don't wait until it's really dire. You could be doing this right now and then see where it goes. That's up to the Holy Spirit. And honestly, it's between the Holy Spirit and you being obedient when you hear the still small voice of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. So talk about like spiritual position, right? Let's let's look at that that quadrant space. If we look at videos by Saldivar and Har and Khan in the Harbinger, if we know that there's a military intelligence apparatus in the body of Christ and we know that they have their role to play, we're gonna be informed of these things, and then some of us are gonna be the actual action arm of these things. And it won't be like constant action. Like this morning, you know, Paul Tack and I awoke at the exact same time, roughly. Stan was shortly thereafter. So for whatever reason, in our respective time zone, it was that. And there are times I wake up, I don't always chime in to the app. But God is going to constantly tap on each one of us differently as we wake up. Again, this, like last night, I went to bed sick as a dog. And I woke up and I powered through. And I was actually, I wasn't, I was surprised. I was, I'm like, I claimed healing. And I'm walking around, I'm like, oh, I'm actually still kind of surprised. I'm like, I feel great. I feel better. And I'm walking around my kitchen island for an hour. But I'm doing this because if God's waking me up clear as day, even when I'm sick, 
it doesn't really bode well with how the world says like, oh no, just live a comfortable life of faith. There's nothing comfortable about that. The only logical human response is to lie back down and turn over. And it's not like, look at me and I'm super Christian. It's just like, if there's work to do, how many more people did God wake up that just turned over and went to bed? I look at that and I guess part of me is like, well, the first thing to do, it's lifting you guys up in prayer. What if God's waking us up? Because for whatever reason, one of you woke up and you weren't on the offensive. One of you woke up and now you're on the on the defensive or you're on the ropes. Oftentimes we don't have you know the timing to actually stop what we're doing and, and message a group like, hey, can you guys pray for me? Even though you guys are totally open to do that. And so I trust God's timing. I trust God has all of us in store and God's can give us a sense of his heart of what he wants us to pray for as he wakes us up. That's up to us. So that safety part, what do you do about that safety? So if the world says, the culture says, you should be safe and not push the envelope. Is that something that you can quickly or easily overcome or is that something that takes time? I think there's both. I think that like, you can make immediate changes away from that, but it's consistency like anything. You have to consistently continue to push away from that comfort. But even just like the human like being, like growth within your physical body, your mental mental state, those those things occur in the opposite of comfort. So why would we think that our spirituality would be any different? Like you don't grow muscles by sitting around and you know watching television. You've got to you know literally make micro like tears in the muscle through lifting weights or exercising. And I think one of those tears is rebuking the enemy. And I would probably say that eighty to ninety, if not more, percent of the church, of the current American church, does not believe that we have the authority to do that. That's terrifying. And I think that there there is even a sense of like soreness to to those spiritual offenses and if you like you're talking about earlier if you step into one that's that's outside your realm of expertise your experience and it's too big for you like you're gonna feel that you've got to do it on a scale that is you know outside your comfort zone but not outside your realm of authority i would agree i would say though that actually i take it back i wake every day and i basically know i have authority in christ's name we were talking about like rising as your spirit so first thing I do when I wake up, having Father, thank you. I'm basically saying like, your spirit is awake. Like whatever my name is to God, whether it's, you know, however I'm known earthly, it's a, it's a different thing. I'm like, I'm awake. My spirit's awake. It's on the haunches. Like I woke up in my body. Praise God for another day. And I, I, I from there, that's my footing. Doing that, I'm already about spiritual business and spiritual things. I Maybe that's not the normal part. Does that make sense? Like some people don't, it, it, they don't imagine themselves spiritually. Yeah, I, I think that there's probably most days where I don't necessarily even think about myself that way. So I, I totally agree with that. But I think that, that that's the difference between being offensive and being defensive about it, right? Like if you acknowledge it first thing in the morning, like now you're aware of it. Now you're looking for it. Now you're sensitive to it. Yeah, I'm intentional about my spirituality. I'm absolutely intentional. About it. And without that intentionality, it doesn't work. I can attest to that. So then that means that before you go to bed, either like recite something back to yourself or tell yourself like, I need to be about this. And as soon as I wake up, this is the first thing that I do. Maybe that needs to be, all right, so should I set up the text messaging system where I text people that? Where that, it's like a thing that goes out each night? Because there's a way for me to set up like an automatic text system where you just get a text message with what you should say each morning as you wake up and just read that first. I don't want to control people's prayer life, but is that something that would help? I think it's at least worth testing out. I think it would. 
I think that what you're going to see with it is is people will either appreciate it and like it, or they'll be offended by it. Totally. And I think I don't think there will be any middle ground from it. Which, which I mean, honestly, is pretty much what we're all about, anyways. So, okay, all right, I'll roll it out, I'll test it out. And I, and I say that because I can see myself even being offended on days where I feel convicted by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it happens because I I've been finding myself sending like text messages out to God one morning a couple weeks ago it was like twenty people nineteen or twenty people some in groups some not in groups I'm like this is weird and the Holy Spirit like changed it up but most of it was pretty consistent like there was a common thread through the whole thing that wasn't completely out of left field all right so if that's the case like what else is stopping you guys from openly rebuking something or at least trying it so if society's like the cultural condition. If you have no regard for it, what's what's the alternative? You have regard for what Christ's word says, what God's word says. And God's word says, do it. Everything you bind or loose in my name is bound or loosed in heaven. Everything you ask the Father in my name is already, you know, answered. Do we have to be convinced of that? Or is that something that we just have to step forward in in faith? Because personally, nothing convinced me of that. I just had to step forward into it in faith. I, don't, I think that's the only way it works. I don't, I don't think that you can think yourself to that point. I think that's why, like, the walking, the action is so so effective in it. It's that doing. Totally. All right, so if God wants us in a constant state of doing and we're not doing it, what are we doing? Like, what do, what do we want? Do we actually expect God to do something different or do something more through us? Like, I'm asking. It's not like a, like I know the answer. Do you think that a lot of Christians just want God to do it all for them? I think majority do. I mean, that's kind of society in every aspect, isn't it? They want someone else to take care of everything for them. I think it makes sense that that's why society is leaning in that direction. The enemy, this is his this is his realm, this is his playground. So he's just brainwashing us from every aspect to, to give over control of everything to someone else. And why not your spiritual life as well? There's a reason why Alexa is so popular. Right? Doesn't that give, I mean, doesn't it give credence, though, to be in the world and not of it? Doesn't that directly correlate? The world wants comfort. The world wants someone else to do it. That's not a world that's going to endure. That's not a world that's going to reject the mark. That's not a world that's going to become a fifth horseman. It's a world that's going to fall away. But that's why so many will be deceived, isn't it? Because he's been working on this for generations. Yeah. And then I mean, can, like, when, when you think about like read, reading through like Revelations and it talks about that, you know, believers will get the mark. They will be deceived and get the mark. Like you, you try to like comprehend, like, how does that occur? But then you look at the, like this, the example that we're talking about right here, and you can see how easily it could happen. You can see there's there. Here's the other part, though. People think that their pastors are going to tell them what it is. I don't know what it is. The best thing the devil has been doing is making us question, is all this real? And so for anyone to definitively say it is or isn't, the Holy Spirit should be teaching us, guiding us, everything along the way. And so I, I'm not arrogant enough to think like, oh, I've got this nailed down and God's told me everything and I'm going to, you know, tell the boys. No, it's, it's going to be different for each one of us. And so I'd love to think that we'll know. I'm actually wondering if God is just going to allow all these things to happen. And this is part of the sifting. Who's operating in the spirit and who's going to be on the right footing? That's also the difference though, right? If, if you're rising as a spirit, you are in a constant state of expectation of spiritual things throughout the day. That's the whole point of rising in the spirit. That's the whole point of rising first thing in the morning. I am a spirit. I live my body. I possess my soul. And then your, but your conversation with God is, God, your spirit is awake. You've woken me up. At that point, the devil is going to have a really difficult time doing an end run around you directly connected to God. Does that make sense? Kyle, thoughts are awfully quiet. 
I know. I, I think it's critical. I, I think that if you're lazy and you can't get your ass out of bed and make excuses about it, then it's easy to do that. You know, it's like anything else. If you want results, you know, you got to go to the gym. You got to work out. If you want results with anything, you got to put in the time. You got to put in the effort. And that's something that I think the earlier you, you do something like that, because it has such a ripple effect with everything else that's part of life, it's important to set the tone as early as you can. And even even for me, like this morning, I got I got up and you like I'll put in when I'm playing walk when I get a chance to get out there and walk. And I should be doing that every day. I know today was snowing, but it, it felt good, right? But even then, it's difficult sometimes. Like I'm thinking about something else, and then I'm pulling myself back to the prayer. I, like I'm I'm praying against this. I'm praying against this, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about this over here, and I got to pull myself back in, right? So even like when you're like getting started and you're fresh in the morning, it's still easy to get distracted. So my feeling is if you don't get started early enough, there's no chance you're going to catch up. At least that's my experience. And then like I'll throw God some like some kudos here and there, some praise here and there, but nothing like I do when I get a chance to get get it done in the morning. So I I, I think it's I think it's critical. So when you guys. We've all heard that defense, right? And like we read Paul Cap's message about we don't directly rebuke things. Like his pastor, Jack Hibbs, feels the same way. Most of Calvary Chapel feels the same way. I feel like that boxes you in. If you refuse to engage enemy spiritual activity with open rebuke, where you have to resist, you're in a defensive posture only. You don't know the full measure of your fight. You don't know what level of engagement God is actually calling you to with his authority with Christ's authority because we'll never be worthy. We'll never be righteous enough. We'll never be holy enough, but it's because he's worthy, righteous, and holy, and he's infilling us. At the very least, those of us in the body of Christ that desire to be zealous for spiritual gifts and spiritual activity, it's almost on us to actually push the limits of our faith. And that's, that's why, Nick, get back to what you said in the beginning, right? Like standing still, like trying to manage your faith. You're either going forward or going backwards. There's no in between. As we hear people talk about this, like, no, we don't rebuke. Like, we say the Lord rebuke you. I kind of say the Lord rebuke you when I pray sometimes just to spice it up, right? Just to be like, well, I'm going to rebuke you, and the Lord rebukes you. Right. And rebuke me. I rebuke myself for the bullshit I know I'm going to do later today. So please <laughs> forgive me now. That's part of that ongoing openness and humility with God that the devil doesn't want us to partake in. But that's also feel like that's part of the disconnect of the american safe comfortable church is no don't get your hands dirty don't get blood on your hands don't listen the sword of the lord is bathed in heaven the sword of the lord is bathed in blood like all this violence is happening anyways and if we choose and refuse to actually partake in it and engage in it that's on us that's not on god that's what kills me and so i'm i'm not mad at god if god's the one that's that's basically saying like listen all these things and more you'll do in my name you'll speak in other tongues cast out devils cleanse the lepers heal the sick raise the dead drink poison and not die like we're only limited by our unbelief and maybe then the reality is if you're informed if the jonathan cons informs us of the intelligence of the spiritual condition that's affecting our country and the isaiah saldivars you know give proof that deliverance ministry is an absolute thing that we're called to if we're not pushing the envelope and stepping into it, it will allotted to us. That's the measure of our faith or the lack thereof. Where God's basically saying, like, I don't know you. God loves us, but what if we die? And that's where he says, you squandered the gifts I gave you, the power and authority I gave you. That's freaking terrifying. It is. Well, it's kind of like the servant that buried his, his talents. 
Yeah. If we don't do something with it, what, who are we? How are we any different? I encourage you guys to at least swing for the rafters and push the envelope. Yes, the word says the Lord rebuke you. Yes, Jesus said, uh, you know, all these things and greater you'll do in my name. So do both. At least see where it sits because our corporate inaction and lethargy and apathy and lack of violent prayer and violent engagement has resulted in all these demonic entities having complete authority in this world. They had to go through the church. The church was supposed to be the gatekeeper for everything and they didn't do it. And so we're here now. If this is the case and this is the state of things, like it's incumbent on us and it behooves us to press into faith and just engage differently. Take everything like, you know, if this is going to be an exercise and we have to push ourselves, then so be it. God's brought us here to push ourselves. But it means build the discipline, build the faith like a muscle, rise as a spirit. I am a spirit. I live my body. I possess my soul. And then to stay on the offensive all throughout the day. You see something, rebuke it. You hear a bad report, rebuke it. I cast that down. I do not accept that. That is not something that's over my life. So it's almost like covering the full spectrum of intercession, fatherhood for yourself and, and your community, right? Those kids aren't, aren't even yours. It covers engagement, violent prayer, violent activity. And then what does it leave you open for? You're present all throughout the day. You see that lady in the store that's that's falling on hard times. You have a heart posture towards her because God's giving you a sense of what's happening. Okay, so you cover these. And then future prayer. When you do that, even with a baked-in schedule, like Eric, with as much driving as you have behind the scenes, you still managed to get into Austin and pray that morning, right? Like I did. And, and so that's the best part about the body of Christ is that he's got people exactly where he needs us, exactly when he needs us. And to Kyle, something that you said forever ago, right? When we were in D.C. that particular morning, you know that our prayer kept things from being worse. So if our prayer not only keeps things from being worse, but also will allow us to change the condition in the heavenlies, if not now, when? Yeah. I don't think we have any excuses. I think we're actually out of runway with excuses of how comfortable we've allowed ourselves to be. That's kind of like what that video. Yeah. I, I could... I couldn't I couldn't talk and like po like make a video and so I, I put that one up today. It's awesome. Just fight. To be a brawler, just a dirty what I love about that video, and I don't know how I found it. The dude's in a vest and pants. Almost like slacks or khakis or something. Yeah. It's almost like some like a like a nineteen twenties look or something to the guy, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Old school, old something. Yeah. That's wild. <sighs> I made that with, I think it got across, but heart posture is, listen, the devil's not going to wait for you to be prepared. When the moment comes up, you need to step in the ring and you need to fight as many enemies as you're going to have to fight. But it's not going to happen on accident. It's not going to happen without you actually stepping forward in your faith. And I believe that the subject matter today that we're talking about, all these things and more you'll do in my name, all these things and greater. It's better that the Holy Spirit come. Be zealous for spiritual gifts. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. It all ties into the fact that if there's ever a moment to push the envelope of our faith, it's absolutely right now. Sure. Well, you know. And, and the other thing, you know, is it's important to remember, you got guys like like John Ramirez who are waking up every morning and doing it themselves. I mean, they're doing it. Old John Ramirez, you mean? Yeah, yeah right. Well, you, you know what I mean, right? Guys like, like him. Yeah. Just like him. And you know, he he used to tell he told us he would be he'd be up and he'd be doing this. And he took it seriously. Like he's sitting there, got all his gear, all his little trinkets, his little dolls and everything he had, and he was going at it. Like, like it was a full-time job. Well, here's the other part, right? So the Bible says the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. 
So the other lords of this world, the other spiritual bosses of this world, inhabit the praise of their people. What do you think happens when you go to a Travis Scott concert? What do you think happens when you go to a Metallica concert? The spiritual lords inhabit the praise of their people. All the things that they sing along to. And so I'm not surprised when there's stampedes and there's some sort of like casualty event at these things. Yeah, you but, can end up being part of the sacrifice. But would you also then look at the data? How many more tens of thousands, if not millions of people are going to all these concerts day after day, week after week, all over this nation and the world? So many more that are actually going to church and praising and worshiping God. It's a lot. So just looking from that perspective, that's why, you know, you listen to Englehart and MacArthur say this is a pre-Christian America. It's basically a mission field. This is no longer even a post-Christian America, which means men of God have to rise as fathers and fight their way out of this. If we don't even try, we're not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. I feel that's very cowardly. I will never say that I've fully come to the conclusion on all matters of biblical activity as it relates to men, the body of Christ. I will never reach the end of it. And even when I die, I believe God will still have us directed and working according to whatever his heart desires, not whatever we want to achieve knowledge and wisdom wise. Because of that, I feel it behooves us to just push the envelope as often as fucking possible and keep pushing and keep driving and keep making it happen and keep keep extending ourselves and then overextend ourselves. And right when the enemy comes in like a flood, right, we see ourselves as the standard. We might not be that standard yet, but at least we see ourselves and we have a visual acuity and understanding to where we endeavor to become the standard that God wants to send. I think that we're out of options. What's the alternative, right? <laughs> Sit back and do nothing and watch the show, watch it all burn down. My constitution is now seared to the point that I cannot just allow things to happen. I can't. I'm I'm too pissed off. I'm I'm pissed off about everything from politics to people to government to to war to the money to the you know the freaking money laundering that's happening by sending things. Freaking Zelensky showing up in sweatpants. What's that like, all? Oh, dude, that was a total. That was a bag job. That was like the most mafia move to show up. Like, I got this. And then the, then the ass pat by Biden, like yeah. the old attaboy. I think he curled his fingers too. You don't curl your fingers. It's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still not still buying that one. He, uh, you know, you, you mean to tell me that some, some dude who was uh, a stage actor, uh, you know, b before he was ever quote unquote president of the Ukraine, is at war with one of the world's strongest superpowers, and just nonchalantly hops a flight and comes over here without his transport plane being harassed or intercepted or, you know, uh, high-speed flyby by a Russian MiG or, or anything and just comes over here and was like, hey, what's going on? Where's my money? Well, you're assuming that he was even in the Ukraine before, like, recently and not yeah, this, That's safe. true. That's true. Have you seen any of the videos of when they were doing the full 3D rendering modeling of him to be able to, like, basically create any type of video they want with his imagery? They're openly showing this. Yeah. Well, I, I saw where, where supposedly Queen Nancy went to go visit him in high heel pumps and uh, uh, what was it, like a pink you know, business dress suit supposedly in the middle of a war zone to go have lunch with the dude. And it's like, yeah, okay. Because uh -huh. that airspace isn't tainted with, with anything that could possibly be shot down at any moment, and you just jet set over there and go have lunch with the guy in your in your pumps and and uh, you know business suit, no body armor, and no 
no uh de- you know security detail or anything like that yeah sure got it <laughs> well i'm still not convinced that russia is losing getting their ass handed to them like they like they convey this thing out there to be you can't tell me they're that inept unless unless we are truly over there which could be right i just don't see how in the heck they're they're doing what they say they're doing against russia i don't i don't see it or russia's playing a game calling us in and then it's going to be really bad I think by us putting Patriot missiles there, it's going to get bad. I think, I think I even have a weird sense to make a video, like basically directly to Putin and to our people. Like we've already renounced our choice to have you govern us. Your money decisions and your, your political decisions towards this don't reflect the American people's heart or position at all. Not to say yeah. that Putin gets a pass, but still like you are now absolutely a rogue actor that just happens to be the pretend president. Yeah. That's a whole separate thing. But in saying that, like, okay, so all these things are happening. As the temperature increases and the activity increases, shouldn't the men of God also be increasing their engagement? Absolutely. There's no other option. In fact, to not increase your engagement means that you're doing what everyone else wants you to do by just tempering yourself and lowering. It's basically removing you from the entire plot. I don't think God's placed us here to just be irrelevant and not engaged. My spirit just is completely against that. So, but I've been that way for years. So for me, it's easier to say that. And so for you guys and for other people that are watching, if we post this up, just swing for the rafters. Stop playing it safe. There is nothing safe. In fact, the world is showing us that our, our margin for safety is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And so why don't we start swinging for the rafters and doing this differently? It might be the only thing that makes sense. Any other thoughts? I think you hit it out of the park, man. I think that the, the, the safest thing to do is to become spiritually dangerous. It's the only option left. I feel like that is the type of believer that Christ would actually return for. One that has died to self, has no regard for self, to an extent is spiritually reckless, but only because you are engaging your spirit for heavenly gain. It's not for our own gain. It's not about us. Eric, you pray us out? <clears throat> I'll try this out because I got a bad cold here, man. So if I start hacking, I apologize. All good. I rebuke your cough. <laughs> yeah, well, hang on, it's like I'm doing right now. Actually, Steve, you made me be a little upset with myself because you said you woke up and you're sick as a dog, and I'm, I'm like, I'm sleeping in today. I got to get this thing. To- <laughs> Maybe feel about this big, Steve. Thanks. High five, Heavenly Father. We thank you for letting us come together today as men. We thank you for, you know, the power that you instill in us that oftentimes we overlook and don't take it upon ourselves to master or use. We know that you put us in those situations that are right at in your timing and in your place. We pray, Lord, that we recognize those situations and those times and that you allow us the opportunity and the permission to use that power on your behalf to do good and to spread your message and to do your word. Lord, we ask that you please be with us throughout the rest of this week. And as we enter into the uh, Christmas holiday season this weekend, we pray that we put you first in all things and that we block out anything that doesn't put you your glory first. Lord, we pray you be with our families. Give us all health, prosperity. Help us to work hard in your name. Watch over us, protect us. We love you a lot, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Cough it out. Cough it out. Yeah. Fight it out. Yeah. All right, boys. We'll see you. Thank you, too. All right. Later, fellas. All right. Welcome to the After Action Report. 
It's Friday morning, 12.23, 4.46 in the morning. I always like to do this. After we record Bible study, I will come in and I will discuss what we talked about, kind of the overall idea, and just give a quick recap. This will be the first time I actually publish them. So we'll see. We'll see how receptive people are. We'll see if people want more. Uh, see if other people want to join. So here's the overall picture. A lot of the church thinks that we do not rebuke demons directly, even Satan. And our posture is to each their own. You see, people interpret the Bible according to what they believe, what their teachers tell them, what makes sense to them. There's a lot of the Bible that doesn't make sense. There's a point where faith and reason, they actually part company. And we're supposed to choose faith. Reason is we're limited by it, but we're not limited by faith. And so the best suggestions to make are, listen, your, your teachers, your pastors, they're your shepherds. What does a shepherd do? What, what was Jesus as a shepherd? He's trying to cover us, guard us, look after us so that we can grow up and walk in our full potential so that we can become exactly what he designs us to be. There's a lot of the body of Christ who is not designed to take on a wartime, warlike posture against evil. That's fine. The body of Christ includes loving you know, hands and feet, but it also includes the sword of the Lord. So to deny that is very dangerous. And to think that you've concluded a matter, you might have for yourself. But it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the honor of kings to reveal it. And as we're being called kings and priests, according to Revelations 1.6, in the revealing of Jesus Christ, which he's being revealed right now everywhere, it behooves us to press in diligently with our imagination, with our hearts wide open to whatever he wants to do. If we don't, that's on us. It could be the reality that we are limited in our full function, capacity, and potential just because we won't take Jesus' word at faith value. That's for me and my house. I can't do that. I've taught my son. I've raised my son differently. And we've both walked this out according to Scripture. And we both openly, directly rebuke demonic entities powers, principalities, the hosts of wickedness and the rulers of the darkness. So if you don't want to, that's fine. But I would be very careful telling someone else that they can't. God is the only one that tells us that we cannot do things. Not pastors, not teachers. You're a shepherd. Encourage your people, if anything, to extend themselves in faith and then to walk them through it. But people have to understand, pastors might be telling you not to do something because they don't have the faith to pull it off themselves, or they've never tried themselves. Maybe they learned something in seminary that told them this isn't what we do. Maybe they really respect the person that told them that. That doesn't matter. Your relationship is with God. When you die and you go before Christ, Christ isn't going to say, hey, where's your pastor? Let's have him chime in on this. Your judge, God, is going to say like, what do you have? Who are you? Where are you? Your spirit, that, that's why the importance was for your spirit to rise each morning and be on a spiritual footing and do spiritual things all throughout the day. Or not. It's which is up to you. But we do things differently. And there's a reason why we are engaged the way that we are. There's a reason why we do things the way that we do. There's a reason why we intercede the way that we do. There's a reason why God calls on us each morning as he did this morning. If you don't want to, that's fine. But don't inhibit others and say that others aren't able to. You are not God. You're just not. We have to press in like never before. If there was ever reason to, it's because of all the things that we're seeing around us right now. 
So I implore you, I beseech you, do things differently. You have to. If you don't, you know, when Christ comes, he returns to a splendid bride. I don't want to be the person that puts God in a box of my own understanding to understand what that means. To be fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and to say, like, no, we can't do things. Jesus saying, all these things in greater you'll do in my name. But we say, no, we don't do, th- we don't, we don't do that. We don't believe in biblical sci-fi. We don't believe in, you know, casting out demons and raising the dead, and cleansing this, the lepers and healing the sick. And God's like, okay, you probably should because that's how you'll know my son's followers. But Okay, you want to tap out? Tap out. And that's what it is. It's weakness. If you are called into faith, into great and significant faith, and you simply tap out because you believe that you've been told you cannot do something, it's on you. It's not on God. I would impress upon each one of you to do things, look at things differently, but, you know, that's up to you. So, that's it. The Bible study covered a lot of ground, but the main thing, the main premise was, do we, in fact, rebuke things directly? There's members of our group that don't, and they believe that we shouldn't. That's totally fine. It's up to them, but I believe in open and often. We have discourse that, that challenges and sharpens one another, because the body of Christ is full of people that believe different things I will take you at value if you believe in the Nicene Creed you believe that Christ was raised from the dead you, uh, you're pressing in I talk to people all the time who've concluded a matter for themselves and that's fine but I even look at people who think we're going to be raptured out of here like oh my gosh have you already just died are your reasons for living just excuses not to die it's terrifying it's tragic because I see the potential in people and that's what all these messages are meant to do is is to bring out your potential. So, whatever. I'm nothing special. Uh, it's early. I hope you're up. I hope you're engaged. I hope you're in prayer. I hope you're already after it. If you have any questions, email. Go to the site. Comment. If you want like, subscribe, all that jazz. Cool. It helps. I think it helps. I don't know. I don't know what social media does these days. It looks like all of our stuff is being throttled back anyways. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. I can never give that back to you. But I hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and edified. And I hope that you pressing in. And all of us need to be in God's grip. As long as we're there. As long as he's refining us, we're pressing in. It's exactly where we need to be. Get at it. Get at the work. It's almost Christmas. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. I need to go pray. I need to pray more. It's my morning.